Hello and welcome to the Boise Art Scene Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan McCullum. Andrea Bonodemon has always been intrigued by nature. Andrea has created art from the time she was a small child, bringing her artistic and academic interests together spawned the foundation for Bonodemani art. Andrea explores many different mediums, such as skulls, bone, saw blades, canvas, wood, and clothing. She has discovered a plethora of different ways to create art with these mediums. Carving, acrylic, and pyrography are common practices found in her skull and bone art. In January of 2023, myself and Dia Bassett made the trek to Ontario, Oregon to interview Andrea about her art and why bones are her medium of choice. I want to thank all the Patreon supporters for their continued donations. If you're in a position to donate, you can find the links at boiseartscene.com. I would also like to mention that if any businesses or institutions are interested in becoming a podcast sponsor, the contact page on boiseartscene.com goes to my often slow inbox. So my name is Andrea Bonademon. And it comes from an Italian heritage, Bonademon. And my Instagram name and my art business name is Bonademani Art. And that also came from my great grandparents, the Italian heritage. Nice. I was wondering where, uh, yeah. before I realized that, I mean, the obvious that it's <laughs> your last name, but, yeah. uh, you know, I, it, I was wondering where that came from. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, what is your uh, primary medium? skulls and bones however throughout the years like i've spanned like into all sorts of mediums which i know like some people they're always telling you to stay within your niche right you have to especially now with social media and marketing like art you have to stay within your niche but in all reality like for an artist i think that's caging yourself like i think that's blocking yourself into expanding and learning new things and new techniques that you can then apply to your niche. Um, I do saw blades. I've now like spanned into, which is something I used to do in junior high a lot throughout high school. I created my own clothes and painted on those. Um, and so now I've started to span that out into my actual art that I market to while still incorporating like those same themes that I apply on my skull art. Um, what is it? I've actually just started along with my schooling. I've started to get really into digital art, which I pushed back forever <laughs> with digital art. Um, I was very much a hands-on artist and just recently I've started to finally like get into that. Um, and I love it. Like I'm addicted now. <laughs> um, and it's cool because it creates so many possibilities. And once again, like that's still, I try to tie in the same kind of themes um, as my skull art has as well. Like, so, yeah. Nice. I, uh, I'm a t-shirt junkie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, uh, there was a website that I used to go to all the time called T-Fury. Um, yeah. And they would like, for 24 hours, they would have an artist's design and then you could buy it. And then they, in theory, would never print that shirt again, you know? And I just, I, I love like the little one-off things. Like I recently bought a shirt from, uh, anyway, I recently <laughs> bought a shirt from an artist uh, that was just trying to offload some extra supply that he had. And, and I just love it. It's a printmaker that like 
it, he, I don't know if it was a wood cut or a vinyl cut or what, but it's it's just got a print on it. Yeah, you know? and it's it's cool. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's become one of my like recent favorite shirts. Yeah, uh, but I, I I like that. You know the small scale of stuff. Uh, what do you do to make like the clothing and stuff? Well, most I I am gonna soon start doing t-shirts, and I actually found um, someone within Boise that used to do the swell t-shirts, um, which I kind of wanted that person because those t-shirts, I loved the way they fit, how they've washed all the things, you know, like the quality of them. Um, and so I'm going to start applying some of my digital art on t-shirts, but some of my other stuff, um, I mean, I will repurpose. And that was kind of my thing as I was, when I was a kid too, is I would go to the thrift store find a piece I really liked, whether it was like a blazer or a camo jacket or whatever. And then I would take it home and design something, a big back patch, and I'd paint it and put it on the back. And that's definitely something that I still do. Um, I have a thrifted purse right now on my website, a thrifted denim jacket that I painted um, and completely redesigned. And I love that, like, just kind of like with the skulls too, you're bringing something back to life, like whether it was threads or bone, like, but it all still holds kind of the same themes like that I work with. What gets you or got you into working with the bone and stuff? I mean, a lot of people have cow skulls and stuff around, uh, but what got you interested in like beautifying them? So, I mean, as <laughs> junior high and high school, like I was always like interested in the macabre and like, you know, punk rock, like <laughs> all those things. That's the person that I was. And I mean, basically still am, but I always, like I said, with the Native American thing too, and their culture of bringing something back to life, like has always been amazing to me. And then also like the part about working with skulls that really intrigued me is I'm a huge science nerd and biology nerd. Like when I first went to college, my dream job was to be a wolf biologist. Like I, that was my dream. And so to sit there and be able to work with something like that is so amazing. Like it's just, it's deeply intriguing to me. It's close to me. Like I was the kid as, oh, you know, a five-year-old, like my dad was, had a degree in zoology and I would get out his old, old books, zoology books and look through them. Like it's always just, I don't know, it's intrigued me a lot and it's always been really close to my heart. And now it's just kind of a part of me. Like for years now, people, you know, oh, it's a skull lady. Oh, it's a bone lady. <laughs> like, they just kind of refer me to the, as that. So uh, I don't think it'll ever leave. <laughs> how is the reception to your art? You know, I mean, like I said, you know, it, it's not uncommon to see skulls and stuff, but it still is kind of a, a macabre thing, like you say. Oh, definitely. Like no matter what, people still associate a skull or a bone, whether it's a jawbone or a big skull or even one of the smaller skulls that I've worked with, they associate that right away with death. And that's okay, because not all the time does that need to be viewed as something that's bad or that can't be celebrated as well. Um, 
And also, like, I think it is a way to draw people in, you know, and whether it is about an animal as well and say, you know what, like, we can still make this process beautiful. And all my bones come from like my smaller skulls. They come from usually a taxidermist out of Nebraska that I've worked with for years. And he beetle cleans everything. And I personally just don't have the time to deal with it anymore. Like, and so it makes it really nice. And then my larger skulls, they all either come from like out in the desert on adventures or whatever we're doing. Um, or friends will call me up, say, I've got this, you know, or I buy them as well um, from local ranchers. And the thing is, is like all these animals have met their fate, whether it be hunting or ranching or something like that. And I have the opportunity to allow that animal to really shine and to bring it back to life. Like, I, I think there's something beautiful in that, honestly. Like, I think it can be looked at in a macabre way, yeah, but I also think, like, it can be brought to life. Yeah, I've seen you do uh, a lot of interesting things with the skulls, from interesting designs to, like, interesting gradients and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so where do you get the inspiration to put the designs on? Well, the inspiration, like, it all depends, honestly, like, on the piece, and sometimes like it'll be months in advance, like I'll have a post-it note, like, you know, just stowed away, like with that idea on it. Um, and then other times, in all honesty, like I'll think I have the idea for that skull and then I'll start to go on it. And I'm like, oh no, like this is going somewhere completely different. And it's funny, like I let this like piece tell me what story, you know, sometimes that they want me to tell. And I think that is the way that it should be. Um, I really get inspired by symbiotic relationships between different animals like coyotes and ravens. Um, I've even done different pieces where it's a relationship like on the Owyhee River between cattle and brown trout and like done a cow skull and brown trout and things like that. So I really like to play with the relationships the animals have together, whether it's with their surroundings or a symbiotic relationship with another species. Um, I mean, I also get inspiration from my past academic career of being a natural resource major. So topographic lines and topography and mapping and things like that. I love it. Like, and pine... I know it's cliche, but anything pine trees, like, I love incorporating that with night skies and, you know, like, kind of bringing someone to that point and to that element that they felt when they're laying in a sleeping bag, staring at the stars, and they see those pine tree silhouettes. Like, I, I kind of want to bring people to an experience sometimes, too, and I get inspired by that, like, in my own adventures. So, yeah. Do you find it uh, hard to find an audience for your work uh, or find buyers for your work? Yes and no. <laughs> um, it's it, it it's funny like that you say that. So like if I want to do, if I really want to make money, it's not difficult at all because I can pop out Western skulls all day long and I can make money. But is that really like giving me 
the satisfaction that I wish for to get out of my art? And is that really what I want to do with my art? Like, and is, is that the message that I want to send as well? Um, and I have been offered that, like, hey, we'll pay you to make these Western skulls. Like, I don't, if finding an audience has and has not been hard. Sometimes, like, it's, it's scary because you're like, well, maybe this is too dark, you know, <laughs> like, and things like that. Maybe this side of my audience will like this. Um, and then like, you know, if you go one side, well, well, this one's going to be really floral. Well, maybe my dark audience won't like that. And so sometimes it is, um, during COVID, I mean, everybody was online. And so it was really easy to find your audience and it was really easy to sell things. Um, after COVID, everybody's checks left and ev everything opened up. And so everybody can buy art at Target again. And so nobody cared much, you know, to buy art on Instagram or things like that. And so it's, it's has its ups and downs, you know, it's it, the hardest thing personally I find about selling my art or just art in general nowadays is that you have to be an artist, you have to be a content creator, and you have to be a social media manager. <laughs> and that is so time consuming and draining and exhausting when all as an artist, like I'm a social media manager and content creator by job. Like when I art, like I want to create, I want to just do art, right? <laughs> uh, and that's, that's a very similar thing for, uh, for what I've got, you know, I, uh, yeah. I, I make videos all day and then I don't necessarily want to come home and make more videos, but, yeah. uh, I mean, I do enjoy this obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, otherwise I wouldn't do it. But, uh, yeah, so what, what motivates you to, uh, to create, you know, to come in here and, and work, you know, instead of sitting on the couch and watching a show? Honestly, like, and that's, that's the funniest like thing like I'm not someone <clears throat> who normally can sit down and just relax I I'm usually like a doer like and a maker obviously and so like I can't just sit and veg out and watch something like I want to be doing it and I don't think it's a thing where you're like, oh, well, I want to create art today or anything like that. Like, it's an urge. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm sitting at my desk or if I'm sitting on the couch or if I'm out and about. Like, there's my internal dialogue is something being created. Like, and I think that's something inside most artists is they just have something that they have to get out. And it's working with your hands. Like, it's everything about it. It's that soul enriching process of release. Like it, and it's been something that I've been trying to put into words forever, <laughs> but <clears throat> it's so hard to like, and to create, you have to discipline yourself to sit down and to do it. Otherwise it won't get done. Like you can say all day, I want to be an artist. But the only thing that's going to make you do that is if you have the discipline to do it. And if I'm on the couch, like before I had an iPad, like 
if I was on the couch, I downloaded a generic <laughs> drawing program for my old Samsung phone and I was doodling on that. Like there was just, or even viewing art online, like it's just, it's something that my soul is drawn to no matter what. It's something that I want to be a part of all the time. And so to be an artist, I think it just, it's something that you internally are, like you just are drawn to it. I know we were talking earlier uh, about some shifting opportunities and stuff for you, but uh, is there anything that, uh, or any opportunities that you've had that are Boise specific that you feel have benefited you? Oh, definitely. Um, Swell, <laughs> um, Artist Collective in the past was huge. Um, and that also led me to the connection of the old Idaho Penitentiary. Um, I've been participating in the 32 Cells art show since I'm pretty sure like the beginning. In fact, they're publishing a book that I'll be a part of as well. Um, and I think that they're hoping to have that out this spring. We'll see, hoping, you know, fingers crossed. Um, and I think a lot of people around the valley I mean, wouldn't have found out about me if it wasn't for Swell, because I wouldn't have had those opportunities um, for shows and just the pop-ups and different things like that that we did, for sure. Nice. Um, so do you do commission stuff? Do you do uh, just like you create something and then throw it out there? Yeah. Uh, how, how how does that work for you? So I do my own creations um, that I list on my website that are just things that come out of my head. But I also do a lot of custom orders um, and that someone just emails me, DMs me. We exchange like very minimal amount of paperwork um, to make sure everything's on point. And then, yeah, like we collaborate on an idea that you want. And I have obviously several different mediums that I can apply to Bone and make happen with that. And sometimes people have commissioned me to make a canvas patch for their denim vest or something like that. So I, I do a lot of interesting custom orders. And I actually, like I did one late last year, or it was late summer last year, that was on a birch board wood panel and it was a tiki mask and that's usually something like totally out of my realm like <laughs> in my comfort zone usually but I had so much fun with that and I think it honestly helped me kind of break the monotony of my own ideas sometimes is that's why I like custom orders as well is I'll have someone else like they're at that suggestion in the back of your head challenging you to make it work for that person and for your client. Like, and I think that's really, really important is to challenge yourself as an artist. And customers definitely do sometimes. <laughs> they take you out of your box, <laughs> for sure. Could I have you tell me about like what, when oh, you yeah. started doing the... Well, I was just experimenting a lot. Like, and so whether it was a skull or a scapula, which is just um, the animal's shoulder bone, um, it's kind of a big triangle. And things like that, like I would, I mean, I would paint, I would put watercolor and see how that would materialize on the bones. Um, at campfires, throw a bone in there and let's like take it out and then let's carve on it and see those depths and see what happens, um, which actually led me into the wood burning um, and doing pyrography on bone as well. Um, 
it was 99% of anything that I did was an experiment because I wasn't, I wasn't having to produce anything like for money at the time. Um, and it was, it was really playful, which I miss, honestly, like that kind of element. Um, and it was, it was all about like, well, let's see what happens if I do this. And then also taking inspirations from nature and my surroundings as well. Um, but I mean, even just taking river rocks that I found pretty and collecting those out of the Bitterroot River and applying those onto the skulls. I did that at times. Um, there's a lot of, I don't know the actual mineral name, but we also just called it fool's gold. Um, and if you kind of flaked it off, I mean, it looked like gold on your hands and putting a light glue on a skull and, you know, like flaking that off just to bring the natural elements together and just being playful overall, like seeing how things behaved with the bone, which was a huge learning experience to better all of my techniques. I think now, like, and watching how my techniques have grown, like I've definitely learned a lot of lessons with just being playful and mistakes, like for sure. Uh, so you find some of your things while you're out and around. Does your enjoyment of the outdoors add to your desire to do this kind of work or oh, to definitely. work with this medium? Definitely. Because I can kind of, I mean, especially in the winter <laughs> when you feel kind of cooped up, you know, like I can envision a time or a place where I was maybe in the summer and apply that feeling and try to make that happen like and recreate that feeling of what I was at onto the skull or onto the piece that I'm working on um and yeah like when I'm outdoors like I've I love that like and oh okay well are we gonna find something really cool are we not and fly fishing has definitely in like gotten me into that uh in the last couple of years i still consider myself a complete novice in fly fishing but it's massively inspiring to my art as well um standing in a river and letting that river just sway your body is so therapeutic um and then there's been some really interesting things to do with my art that i found while trekking through the sagebrush and things like that while fly fishing and coming across going through some trees and coming across you know a deer carcass that was very very fresh and the whole rib cage was completely cleaned out but yet here's this extremely vibrant red you know and just the colors and it might sound a little macabre but i couldn't just not stop and just kind of embrace the moment for what that was and I still have a very vivid picture in my mind of that. And I think as a digital illustration, it would be amazing. <laughs> like, but it was, I think, yeah, more people need to just stop. And if they see something like that, take the experience of what just happened, maybe even hours or minutes before you stepped there and what happened. In my past life, I used to hunt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, uh, I remember one time I came across a, somebody had shot a doe and I mean, you could see the footprints that led up to it. You know, you could see the, you know, they went and they checked it out. They made the decision to, to leave it and walk away. Wow. And, 
you know, but like, like you say, you can see a story just by kind of like observing mm-hmm. and looking around and, uh, it's not a good story, but yeah, sometimes <laughs> but it's, it's not. Yeah. Sometimes it is like, like, you know, I was talking about how just species and how they behave together and even insects, like I do some pieces like my skulls and stuff with different insects as well, but like butterflies on the Owyhee River and how they, you know, behave with the thistles and just stopping for a moment to just appreciate that, like that moment of a swallowtail on the thistle, like, you know, and it's like, you know what, this, this is what life is about right now, you know, and I think anything and everything like that and just having that moment I uh, can and I do apply in my art and a lot of times I bring little things home like even just little pieces of driftwood and things like that um, to incorporate in my pieces for sure. What do you see yourself doing uh, for your like next steps going forward? So I really honestly this year especially I want to expand my art onto different materials like and so even if it's a really beautiful photograph of my skulls, um, I might start doing prints of those because sometimes, and I've heard this before, people want to purchase a piece, but, you know, they can't afford it um, or they don't have the space to accommodate a piece um, that I'm doing or whatever the cause may be. But at the same time, someone can display a photograph or a print. And so I haven't done prints in over five years of anything that I've, any kind of creation. And so this year I started doing digital prints of some of my digital artwork. Um, Like I said, I'll expand into some of my skull photography and things like that. Um, I'm really going to try to do a journal this year. Um, I've been looking at some different options on that. So it'd be probably as much as I want to do a planner type journal, I'm thinking something more like just a notebook (laughs) type journal, because that would allow the freedom for someone to use that for whatever they wanted, but still have my artwork on it, which I really like. Um, I'm probably never going to stop creating clothes and silly things like that. (laughs) Um, I think this year I kind of made a vow to myself with my artwork that instead of like instead of trying to countlessly market my artwork online I'm just gonna do what feels right at this point so if I want to sit down and create I'm not going to pressure myself to create two reels that day like I'm going to paint or whatever it is to create like I'm not going to just focus on marketing. Um, And I think that's, it's a weird, (laughs) it's a weird balance, but I just, I want to create more this year than ever. And I want to just paint. Like I'm so tired of endlessly feeling like I have to be pouring myself onto social media to get noticed for my artwork. How long or what, what got you started doing art when when did you start doing art what how long has that been I honestly like as a kid I can remember doing art like as soon as I reached middle school I was taking every art class imaginable and like that you could take 
um, which led to a really close, awesome relationship with my teacher. And that teacher actually ended up going from the middle school to the high school right when I did as well. Um, in high school, I took every art class possible. I mean, it even spanned into writing as well, which is something that I've been into for since I was a kid also. Like, I just always felt at home in those atmospheres. Um, when I got right out of high school, I, like a lot of people, I went to a community college and I was like, well, you know, like I'll do the art degree thing. And then I was like, no. <laughs> um, I went and lived life for a little bit. And still through all those years, like I was always creating art in some way. And so when I started to go back to school once again, I was like, okay, like I just need to bite the bullet here and find something within the art field that I can apply to a career because I feel like that's the only way that it's going to go forward. It's just, I've, it's something that I've always done and I don't ever see waning at all. Um, I've seen people that once, you know, they retire and, oh, they used to do art when I was younger or something like that. And then they retire and I encourage these people to do art again. And they're like, well, I don't know. No, just create. <laughs> like, I, I don't see it going anywhere, especially now that my son is now writing comics and illustrating them himself at nine years old. And now I get to watch him blossom with his art and it makes me want to create more to have that influence. Like, it's, it's so inspiring. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Do you think that uh, art is something that you're ever going to stop doing? Never. <laughs> Never. Nope. Um, even with just, no, little things like, like my necklace, like when I was bartending, I got the claw, like in a really funny story, but I wire wrapped the claw. Like I'm always going to be cre creating in some way, like, it, whether it's things that I actually sell or not, I don't know, because I almost, I was very conflicted about that at the end of last year, actually. And I didn't know if I was going to sell artwork anymore. And then it was kind of funny. I turned, you know, like just took a very small minuscule break and it just blew up again. And I was like, okay, like, obviously this is something that's wanted and needed. I'll keep going then in that aspect, but isn't just creating just because no, like I'll always do it. I think it's just a piece and a part of someone and that's what they have to do <laughs> to keep their soul alive. <laughs> you mentioned you have a website. What's, uh, what's the best ways to find your stuff? So the best ways to find my stuff is either through Instagram or my website at bonadamaniart.com. Or, um, and that is also linked on my, to my Instagram and all of that. Um, I also have a Facebook page. I've tried to venture out onto some other platforms where you might find me lurking, but I don't like do a lot of, um, it's kind of the back burner of where I throw things on every once in a while. <laughs> Definitely my website and Instagram though is main go-to all the time. You'll get shop updates. I do a lot of updates on 
my pieces and the progress and what's going on and talk about like what I'm applying next and how that process is happening, which I think is really cool and interesting to involve my viewers. They seem to enjoy it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to my interview with Andrea Bonademon. If you'd like to learn more about artists working in the Boise region, be sure to check out our website at boiseartscene.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you're in a position to help this project grow, you can find us on Patreon or reach out online. Boise Art Scene is recorded and edited by me, Morgan McCullum. Our social media accounts are managed by Katie Kloppenberg. Dia Bassett provides blog writing and consultation services.